Hey everybody, I hope you're doing well, and I want to thank you for uh, checking out this message today, and uh, hope it it encourages you and challenges you and blesses you, because really, uh, today is going to be a one of those messages. Uh, it's a start of a new series that we are calling In God We Trust, and uh, you know, In God We Trust is our national motto of the United States. And it was adopted in Congress in 1956. And so we've got this motto on, you know, our coins and uh, currency, dollar bills and stuff like that, paper money. It's also on our stamps. And so it's on a lot of things uh, from our government. But, you know, over the past year or so, I've had this series on my mind because I've been seeing a lot of bumper stickers and decals with this statement on there, in God we trust. And maybe maybe you have one of those and right now you're, you know, you're uncertain of how you're going to feel after this message is over. Uh, but I, I think it's great to have, have that uh, phrase and, and I think it's fine to have it on your car or whatever. Um, but I think a lot of us, uh, especially most of America, really don't realize or understand what it means you know, you would think that statement would offend a lot of people. Um, a lot of people would be turned off by that or disapprove of it. Actually, 90% of Americans approve of having that statement as our national motto. Uh, but again, um, do we really understand what it means? Uh, according to the Bible, it's so much more than just a statement. It's so much more than just a decal. What does it mean to have faith? Well, in this series, we're going to look at the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, and specifically one chapter, chapter 11. And many of you know that this is referred to as the Hall of Faith, where we get these amazing faith stories of people in the Bible, of people in the Old Testament who walked by faith, right? They lived by faith. They lived their faith out. They didn't just say it or uh, show it. Uh, on a window or on a on a home or anything physical, but it was shown in how they lived their life. Now, uh, Hebrews is an interesting book. It was written to second-generation Christians, second-generation Christians. Now, that tells us something very important. Um, they were one generation away from losing some foundational principles uh, regarding faith. Now, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews has really two main themes, and that's it. And the first and most important, I guess you could say, predominant theme is the supremacy, sufficiency, the identity of Jesus Christ. And that is all throughout the book of Hebrews. But also, the second major theme, which is the focus of this series, is the foundation of faith and how important faith is. You know, the Bible talks a lot about faith. As a matter of fact, uh, the Bible teaches us that we cannot be saved uh, except through faith in Jesus, in f through faith in his work on the cross and through his resurrection. Um, so faith is believing in the gospel, but the Bible also talks a lot about living by faith, about walking by faith, you know, Faith isn't just a one-time decision or a decal that you display, but it's something that you live out each and every day. 
And so as we go into Hebrews in this first message, and especially since it's Father's Day and Father's Day weekend, I want us to start by looking at Abraham, um, who is known as Father Abraham. If you grew up in Bible school and in Sunday school, you did the dance and the moves and all that stuff. But we're going to be talking about Abraham today and what we can learn from his life regarding his faith and our faith. Before we get into his life, I, I want us to look at what the definition of faith is. If we get that in verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, you may be familiar with this verse and, uh, you know, think that faith is, is really hope for something or it's seeing something that you can't see. And while those are right, we seldom, mi uh, we often miss the main uh, description of what faith actually is. It's two words. It's confidence and assurance. So faith is simply that. It's, it's confidence and assurance. Now, assurance is more on the inside. It's more of what you think, what you believe. It's in your mind. It's in your heart. It's in your soul. Confidence takes assurance and, make, and applies it in life. So confidence feeds from your assurance. Uh, you may be around a chair or something. You may be seated in a chair right now. You might be driving in a car as you're listening to this or sitting on a couch. Assurance is looking at a chair or a seat and believing that the chair or seat can hold you, right? You probably think it will or you're assured that it will. Confidence is actually sitting in the chair or sitting in the seat, right? Um, Faith takes both. It takes the belief and then the confidence to act on that belief in life. So I want to make a statement here, very important statement about faith. Trust in God involves having faith in your heart and displaying faith in your life. It's having faith and displaying faith. That's what trust in God means. So as we go through these stories, these amazing stories of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 over the course of this series, you're going to see lots of different people. You're going to see lots of them that were blessed and had tremendous things happen to them. You're going to see some of them that actually encountered some very, very difficult times and some some valleys that they had to go through. Um, so they, they are different from that aspect, but they all share one thing in common. All of them were victorious in living out their faith. And in God, we trust. And that's what I want us to take away from each of these messages in this series. Now, to today's message on Abraham. Three things, three by faith statements. When you read through Hebrews 11, you'll see this phrase, by faith. And each time it introduces us to not necessarily just a new person, but a new chapter in their faith walk, in their life. And so there's three of those that I want us to look at today and three things that we can learn about faith from Abraham's life. First thing is this, faith goes where you don't know. Faith goes where you don't know. Um, very challenging statement, but it's true. Look at what Abraham did in verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. So right off the bat, we're taught and shown that faith is going where you don't know. 
It's venturing to the unknown. It's doing something that is unfamiliar. It's, it's moving without knowing. Here we see that by faith, and that's it, by faith, when Abraham was called to go, he went, even though he did not know. And this is referring to uh, Abraham's call to leave his home and to go to a place that the Lord would later show him, not at the beginning, not before, not planning a trip like all of us do. You know, we have a destination in mind, and we get all the details right. We want to know as much as possible. The Lord said, go, and Abraham went. He didn't say, go where? What do I do when I get there? How will I know? It just says he went. This is found all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And I want you to listen to a few key words in this verse. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now, what stood out to me in that verse alone is the word your. It's repeated several times. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household. What does that tell us? The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I want you to leave everything that you are familiar with. Everything that is about you and everything that you are, I want you to leave that behind, and I want you to go. Just go. I'll show you later. All I want you to do now is go. Think about that. Abraham was 75 years old when he got this call. By this time, he would have built up a nice home, would have had a big family, would have had a lot of you know, resources, would have been putting down roots, probably would have already had roots established. Um, he would have been settling down. And in that moment, God shows up and says, leave everything that you know behind and go for me. And it says, Abraham went. Abraham was asked to leave everything that he was familiar with, his life and his comfort. You know, are, are you like that? Are we like that? Uh, when God asks us to do things that we don't know or we are unfamiliar with, how do we respond in that situation? I know for me, and maybe you're like this too, I want all the details that I can get. I want to know everything before I go, right? What's the climate like? Where am I going? How far is it going to be? How much time will it take to get there? How much money does it, what's the cost of living, right? What's the crime rate? What are the schools like? Um, are the, is the neighborhood friendly? How close is it to the coast, right? Because, you know, I don't do hurricanes and tsunamis and stuff like that. Um, we want to know as much details as possible. I want to make a statement to you. It might be hard for you to hear, but you and I need to hear it. Trust in God means God's calling is greater than your comfort. That's what trust in God, God means. It's his calling is greater than your comfort. When we view God for who he is and we have a uh, realistic view of, of ourselves, we understand that when he calls, it doesn't matter if it's uncomfortable for us, we go, we go. Um, I know for me, going into ministry was not easy. 
I, I didn't grow up wanting to be a pastor or preacher. It's not something I aspired to be. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, I was very comf- comfortable with a great job and a place where I had thought that I could, you know, spend the rest of my career and comfortably retire with all these great benefits. And, um, you know, God had different plans. And it was scary. It was it was unfamiliar to me. And to come to a, a church where there's a lot of unknowns was difficult, not only for me, but for my family as well. But here, but here we are, and God has blessed us tremendously. And that's the key in all this. Um, God blesses when we go where we don't know. When Abraham left, God got involved in his life tremendously. After Abraham left, God showed up and made a whole bunch of promises to him. Imagine that, God just showing up and saying, look, I'm going to give you this. Because you did this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to bless you. You see, it was on the other end of being obedient and stepping out in in faith and trusting in God that Abraham received these blessings. You know, God God may call you to go to a place. He may call you into ministry. He may call you to be a missionary in a foreign field. He may call you to be a missionary in another state, but he may not do that. He may call you down the hallway at your office where you work to speak to a boss or a supervisor or even co-worker. He may call you across the hallway of your home to speak to a child or a spouse and possibly have a uncomfortable conversation. He may call you to step out in faith in, in talking to somebody that doesn't know the Lord. You see, God always calls us to the unfamiliar because that requires complete trust in him. But we need to understand that God blesses when we do that. God brings blessings upon our life. Second thing that we learn from Abraham in this chapter is faith looks forward to what you can't see. Um, We like to see things, right? The cliche is seeing is believing. We, when we see things and things are tangible to us, it's easier for us to look and to grab hold of those and to have faith in those and to say, oh yeah, this is real. Um, Faith isn't like that at all. The Bible teaches us to walk by faith and clearly tells us not to walk by sight. And not walking by sight requires trust in God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 9 says this, By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Now, why did he do that? Why did he live in tents like a stranger? Verse 10 tells us, For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So this teaches us that Abraham was looking forward to something. He was looking forward to a place where God was. He was looking forward to a city where God lived, a city that was designed and and built by God, and, and that's where God re- resided. And and so Abraham had received this word from God that there was this amazing place that God was wanting him to go, that he would eventually get to and, and would be with him. And 
and it affected Abraham's life tremendously. He looked forward so much to that, listen, that it affected how he lived in the present. He looked forward so much to this place in eternity in heaven that it affected his life on earth. You know, are we like that? Are you like that? Are you looking forward to heaven? Are you looking forward to that mansion in the sky, that eternal city? Are you looking forward to the streets of gold? However you want to describe heaven, is that something, is that a place that you are looking forward to? I would say just about all of you would say yes. But let me ask you this. Are you looking forward to it in a way that it affects how you live today? That's the key difference in Abraham's life is that he was looking forward to this place so much and so greatly to the point where he realized that this place was temporary, that this place was not his home, that this place, while good, wasn't the best at what God had in store for him. I know lots of us get attached to this world, right? Um, we get wrapped up in this in this place. Um, the truth is that God has created this place, and it's good. But the problem is sin is in this world, and God doesn't want that for us forever. He wants something better for us. He has something better for us, but he also has a plan for us now, a plan for your life and mine. And so what he doesn't want us to do, uh, while we can enjoy this world and enjoy this life and experience good things, he doesn't want to get us to get tied down to it and attached to it to the point where we're not doing what he wants us to do, to the point where we take our eyes off of heaven and eternity in him. <clears throat> He's got something so much better in store for us. You know, Abraham really had one foot in heaven and he had one foot on earth. And I know we've heard that statement before, maybe in a negative way, but it's really not negative. It's positive. We need to walk through life and live this life by faith with, with one foot in heaven and one foot here. Most of us, many of us have two feet here, and that's not what God wants. Faith is looking forward to something better in the future and allowing that to influence the way we live in the present. Now, one more thing about this uh, looking forward to what you can't see before we move on. It says that Abraham lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob. Now, in the spirit of Father's Day, this tells us something very important, especially for us dads. Abraham was intentional about passing down his faith. Wow, he was intentional. He lived in tents, but so did his sons, so did his offspring, so did those around him. And you know what? It wasn't just talking about his faith but he lived it out. He lived in tents. Now, guys, dads, uh, those around you, those who God has entrusted to you and with you, uh, those in your home, you need to pass down your faith to them. You need to talk to them about God, about Jesus, about the Bible, about eternity, about sin. You need to have those conversations. But most importantly, you need to live out your faith in front of them. That's what I see Abraham doing. He lived in tents, and it affected his sons. They lived in tents too. 
So we need to live in tents for our families to see, for our children to see, and more than likely, they will live in tents as well. I hope you know what I mean by that. It's believing and living it out. If, if we believe uh, and we live out our faith, there's a greater chance that our children will as well. Final thing that we learn from Abraham is this. Faith does what you don't understand. Faith does what you don't understand. Now, this story of Abraham's life, I do not understand. And, and I know you don't either. I have struggled with it. Uh, it's really given me a hard time, uh, you know, just trying to figure out why would God ask Abraham to give up and sacrifice his son? What kind of God does that? I've wrestled with those questions, and I know maybe you have too. But then I also think about how could God give up his son for me? And I don't understand that either. How could God give up his son and and send him to die for me so that I could experience his love and grace and so that I could experience forgiveness and, and to be with him forever? I don't understand that. Truth is, there are many things that we don't and will never understand on this side of heaven. And God's ways are different and so much higher than our ways. Um, But we can know that he loves us. He loves us no matter what. Um, Let's read this together. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Wow. So trusting in God means this, that sometimes God will call you to do things that you don't understand. Not just things that you're not familiar with, but things that you don't understand, things that don't make any sense to you at all. And here it says that God tested Abraham. You know, God will do that. God will test our faith. He will never tempt us but God will test our faith. There'll be times when we won't understand what God's doing. Um, And that's hard, because why? We want to understand things, don't we? We want things to to make sense. What that is is uh, a little bit of control. We like to, to maintain and keep a little bit of control in our lives. We want to know where we're going. We want to see what's ahead of us, and we want to know as many details as possible so that we can get a thorough understanding of what's happening and what we need to do. We want to do things that simply just make sense to us. And look, faith is not like that. God wants us to do things that we many times don't understand. I just imagine what Abraham was thinking in this moment, right? God had promised that through his son, he would be blessed, right? That there would be many descendants. There would be many nations come through this son. And yet, God, you ask me to sacrifice my son. Didn't understand that. You know, it. the verse here, the scripture here clearly says that um, even though Abraham did not understand, 
he did two things, and I want to share these two things with you. First of all, he offered. He offered. Even though Abraham didn't understand, he still offered. This tells us that there was nothing in Abraham's life that was off limits to God. Everything that Abraham had in his life was available to God. It, is there anything in your life that is off limits to God? Have you sectioned off an area of your life that is reserved just for you? You know, when we look at Abraham, he clearly lived his life with open hands. God, everything that I am and everything that I have is is yours, even the things that I don't understand. God, it's 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 yours. You see, when you live with open hands like this, you're offering everything to God, but you're also allowing God to give you more. Scripture teaches us that when Abraham started to sacrifice his son, that God immediately intervened, and God immediately blessed, and God was just <clears throat> blown away by Abraham's faith. And it's almost like God was telling him, because Abraham, because you did something that you don't understand, I'm going to bless you in ways that you cannot comprehend too. When we do that, when we open up our hands and say, God, what I have is yours, what we're doing is showing God our faith and our trust, but we're also preparing our lives to receive the blessings that he has for us. Wow, what a great lesson that is. So when Abraham didn't understand, he didn't try to figure it out. He didn't question God. He just offered. He just offered. Second thing he did was he embraced the promises of God. You know, God made promises to Abraham. And when he was faced with an impossible situation that he couldn't understand, he held on to the only things that he thought of, and that was the promises of God. I love what God did with Abraham throughout his life and throughout his faith journey. Many times God would take Abraham outside of his tent and say, look at the stars. All right, you see all these stars, how numerous they are. Well, that's how many offspring you're going to have. He would, he would say, imagine the sand of the, of the seashore. All those grains of sand, that's what your offspring is going to be like. Or he would say, look at this land as far as you can see. This is, this is I'm going to give this to you. In this dark valley, this, this mountain that Abraham was facing, you know what he focused on? Those promises of God, not the problem, not the thing that he didn't understand, not the fear, but the promises of God. So look, for you, when you feel that God is asking you to do something or leading you to do something that you don't understand or that you're afraid of, I want to encourage you to embrace the promises of God, to just wrap your arms around what he has promised you. The Lord has promised to always be with you, always. No matter what you go through, no matter what you face, no matter how impossible the situation is, no matter uh, the understanding that you have of the situation, you may not understand anything you it may not make any sense to you whatsoever god is there and he's promised to be with you god has promised to love you always 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 i know that's so good for us to hear especially when we're flawed people 
when we make mistakes, when we sin, when we stray from God, the enemy will come in and say, look at you, you've messed up, all right? You, you've messed up too many times. You're outside of God's family. You're outside of his love. No, 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 no. Through Christ, God will always love you, always. God promises that you are his child through Christ. You are his child. This world doesn't dictate who you are. It doesn't dictate how important you are. You are. It doesn't dictate your status or anything like that. You are a child of God through Jesus Christ. And guess what? He is your father. He is your father. God promises to give you strength when you need it. God promises to give you peace when you need it. God promises to give you wisdom when you ask for it. God promises to give your life meaning and purpose. And how good is that? We're, we're not here by mistake. God has purpose and meaning for your life. Your life is so important. God promises to meet all of your needs. God promises to hear you when you pray. God promises to answer your prayers. God promises that he will provide for you. God promises, promises you eternal life. And God promises you eternal joy. And God promises you that one day where he is, you will be also. Man, aren't those good promises to embrace and to hold on to? I want to encourage you today that if you're facing something that is just blowing you away or you're just having difficulty in understanding what God's doing, listen and embrace those promises that he's given to us. You know, trusting in God is a journey. It's not a statement. It's not a decal. It's not a t-shirt or a slogan. It's a journey. And it begins with one step. That first step is the most important step. You know, looking back on Abraham's life and looking at how he did this last thing with, with Isaac and how he did something that he didn't understand, I look back at how it started. It started when he went to a place he didn't know, right? He took that first step of faith. And you know what? Because he went to where he didn't know, it was easier for him later in life to do what he didn't understand. What a great lesson for us. The most important step of faith is the first one. And of course, that is faith in Christ. The second most important step of faith is the one you're facing right now. And once you make that step of faith, whatever it is God is calling you or asking you to do, years, months, weeks down the road, when you face the next situation, you're going to be better prepared. You're going to be stronger. Your faith in God will be a lot stronger. Your trust in God will be a lot stronger. And that's how he wants you to live, trusting in him, but also walking in him and walking in his blessings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you help us to trust you. As we look at Abraham's life, we see that faith goes where you don't know. Faith looks forward to what you can't see. And faith does what you don't understand. Father, in those areas, if there is uh, some of us struggling in those areas, I pray that we would just give those over to you, that we would offer uh, what we're facing to you and just be obedient and take a step of faith and trust in you. I pray that we would live our lives looking forward to you and to eternity in such a way that it would radically change the way we live today. 
I pray that we would pass our faith down, not just what we say, but how we live out our faith each and every day, that we would pass it uh, through our families, to our neighbors, so that the world may be changed and that more and more people could experience the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.